it under 100. Folks, welcome back to the Keep It Under 100 podcast. Uh, it is post Ryder Cup week. One of your co-hosts is still here. AJ is uh, probably running on fumes in Europe. He'll be back tomorrow. So I'm playing an outing with him Saturday. And we're going to see... I think we're going to see corpse of AJ show up again like he did at the loop. How long is that flight? Probably 10-hour travel? I don't know where he's flying from. It's got to be five hours across the ocean at least, you'd think. Yeah, at least. Probably a 10-hour travel day. Joining me again this week, as you heard, Ryan. Ryan, ready to do this? Ready to recap the Ryder Cup? Yeah, I guess. The beatdown? Yeah, it was brutal. Um, We'll get into all of it. We'll kind of do it kind of day by day, get some overarching thoughts, and then some kind of news of the that came out of the aftermath of all of it. So, And then obviously we'll close it out with picks as we always do, but uh, stay the game. This is the first time in probably, I don't know, two, at least two months probably that I didn't actually play since last week. podcasts? Yeah. It's only been two months? I feel like you haven't done that all summer. Yeah, that's probably true. You might be right. I'd have to double check, but yeah, I did, I did not play. I went to the range on Saturday. I was like, there's no way I'm not doing anything golf-related after watching, you know, all these hours of golf coverage. So I, like, you know, threw it on as soon as I, I got up a little early Friday. I got up, like, right at the end of the opening round. I wasn't, I had to work all day going into our, you know, our busiest time of the month, so I wasn't going to get up at 2 in the morning. We also but. had a little Lions win hangover. Yeah, that too. Lions just pl- plowed the Packers. Just physical display. But uh, but anyway, as soon as the coverage was over on Saturday, I went to the range. And it's been a long time since I just did like an extra large bucket and just did like a, a full range that's session. That's a lot of golf balls. Yeah, it's probably like 150, I think, at Jawars. Yeah. And uh, I was kind of trying to work on like uh, something Padraig Harrington talked about. At one of the tournaments he contended in, he was talking about, or maybe it was a podcast he was on, he was talking about exaggerating things on the range. Where, like, if you're hitting a lot of push fades, just go to the range and hit a bunch of hooks for yeah. for a, an hour. And then, you know, the next time you play, you would hope that it's somewhere in the middle. middle. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was trying to do. I don't think I've had really exaggerated misses so i was just trying to exaggerate the start line like flight paths in both directions and you know hopefully i'm just hitting the ball straight the whole time guess you'll find out saturday but hit it well so pretty excited i'm in the same boat as an outing i have not swung a club since our mitten tour what about your foot oh well i'm not giving it rest so it's not getting any better (laughs) it's not getting any better i can walk on it i did interval sprints yesterday Oh, that's probably great for your oh. toe. Well, play- if you can do interval sprints, you can probably swing a club. We'll find out tomorrow playing the orchards. Oh, nice! If I shoot 190, I'll be, I'll be happy. <laughs> I have not thought about swinging a club since what? It'll be almost two weeks tomorrow. Because it was the <sighs> Sunday after Tim's bachelor party. Yeah, but no, it'll be two weeks on Sunday. It's Tomorrow's only Friday. Friday. Yeah. So almost two weeks. Yeah, almost. Might help, might hurt. Who knows? Yeah. We just got rid of all the bad stuff. We'll find yeah. out. I think I might try and hit the range tomorrow. I've just been itching to. I, it's weird, but like I feel like 
golf season didn't really end, but like I'm already getting like yeah, the, it almost feels like itch. it's over. It, yeah. it almost feels like the season's over, but this is when all the scramble starts, like the second wave. This is when all the scramble yeah. I mean, we have for the next five weeks, we have competitive golf. Well, I have competitive golf. You're going. You're going, you're going to shower. Vegas. We do not. No, no, no. We do not have golf that week. Oh, four out of five. You're saying. Yeah. So this week we have. I have a scramble with uh, AJ and our buddy Gook and Jeff, and then next weekend we have the final mitten tour event of the season on Sunday at another new course, Leslie Park, and then nothing the twenty first, twenty eighth is Greens Revenge that you're not playing in. That's at Sanctuary Lake, and then the first Sunday in November is an open open. Is that Sunday? I thought I thought I looked at the date. It was Saturday. It's always Sunday. It's the fifth. It's Sunday. Oh, it's the fifth. Okay, yeah. I thought you said the fourth. Yeah. So, a lot of outings coming up. We probably have the, uh, I don't know when they announce it, but that reverse Rackham outing that me and Rock did last year, that was in November. Oh, yeah. When they so, as soon as that comes out, around. I'll definitely do that as long as it's on a Saturday. And then uh, we'll see if um, our buddy Kyle's dad does the turkey shootout the day after Thanksgiving this year. Did and you guys then do that in snow one day or one year? We sure did. And then we'll That's see. That's Timberwood? No, they do it all over. I oh. think the one year they did it at... Um, Golden Hawk was the last time I played it. Pretty much whoever, whoever let you get out there. Mm-hmm. But then it's back to, you know, simulators and working on shit, so. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Buying anyway. New clubs. What's that? Going to get all new clubs. You're not getting all new clubs. Might go left-handed. Yeah, right. I am probably going to get fitted for wedges just because it's been two full seasons with those any- wedges anyway, so I might as well get fitted. And I like I was telling you, I think I might play around with the shaft. I might go back to the S400s. Anyway, uh, so the Ryder Cup. So just a brutal week overall for the U.S. team. Is You hear a lot of people talking about it. It's like the U.S. team, a football reference, but they didn't get off the bus. Yeah, it, it, I mean. It kind of seemed like that. but At look, least the first three rounds. Right. Well, first two and a half rounds. Because the third round, they won the, that session 3-1. and That's the fourth round. Oh, you're right, you're right. There's four sessions before singles. Yeah, okay. So, right off the bat, I get up. I don't know what time you got up on Friday, but first... Oh, yeah, I just woke up for nothing. Yeah. You're up. Like, what the fuck happened? Uh, I didn't even actually see highlights or anything. I just seen four nothing. I was like, oh, okay, back to bed. I didn't go back to bed because they were just starting the second round of matches, and I was like, okay, well, we knew it was foursomes. We knew we haven't been good in this format, and, like, you know, maybe, you know, a couple guys had a bad day. Right. It's not like they can't bounce back. Like, they still have statistically the the better team, so the guys just got to show up. Yeah. Um, at one point, well, it was the first ever sweep for the Euros in the opening session in the history of the Ryder Cup. Uh, at one point, they had played 68 total holes, and they were tied for eight of those holes, and the Euros led in the other 60. Jeez, that's not like not a great stat. Like, they talk about momentum in this event, and every time you watch it, you can, like, feel it yeah. through the TV. Like, as soon as there's that blue on the board for the Euros, it's just like... The crowd was... It's kind of... You kind of just go downhill from yeah, there. It's, it was, it's fucking crazy. The crowd was a very good crowd. Yeah. The chants they have are unbelievable. They are. Like, the songs that they come up with and how they all sing them in unison, like, and they just seem to start out of nowhere. It's crazy. It also doesn't help that, Ron, like, Rom and Hovland were just playing lights out. I think Rom chipped in three times the first day. Yeah. Just, I don't well, know, did any of their putts miss? Just a garbage can lit out there and seven, hit it towards it? 
several times I was asking myself that. I was like, are they going to miss a putt? Not a few, just a just putt. Just one. Like, it looked like the U.S. had a chance to get, like, get well, a hole. Nope. Well, I started watching some of the replay, and it was the second match. Out. The Euros just destroyed the first hole. Yeah, I think we only won it. Twice, what? maybe, the whole week. Before singles, yeah. Yeah. And second match of the day, you got Homa and Harmon against Hovland and uh, Hovland and Hatton, I believe. No. Yeah. No, it was a really Hovland and Ludwig. Yeah. And... Hovland chips in on the first. Speaking of Ludwig, we've got the Sanderson farm on right here. He's teeing off. It goes from Italy to, uh, where the hell is the Sanderson farm? Is that Kentucky? Who the hell is Happy Gilmore? I don't know where the Sanderson farm is. But anyway, uh, chips in on the first hole from like a nasty spot. And I was listening, uh, Max Holm has done a couple interviews now on like three different podcasts. I listened to two of them today. And he was like, right off the bat, he had... Uh, I think like a 30-footer for birdie. And from where they were, he was like, okay, I mean, there's an outside chance. I have this 30-footer to win the hole. Yeah. And chips in. He's like, okay, that's the kind of day it's going to yep. be. And it, it just didn't nothing. stop from there. It yeah. just kept going. What about Fitz? Like seven putts through seven holes. So that was into the afternoon four ball. Yeah. He was six under through six. Their team as a whole, him and Rory, were 10 under through 10. It's pretty good. I, it's I don't pretty really good know. four ball. And that match went to what sixteen? Like that's actually wild that it went that I far. I know, it, crazy. That was against. Yeah, they did drag it out quite a bit because yeah. Fitz putters cooled off a little bit, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it has, didn't matter. It, at that, to it didn't matter that. at that point. They were five up through six. Um. So it was. It looked like at one point for a good portion of that second round, that the U.S. could have won the afternoon round three to one. Yeah, like they were up, and then. You just had this, I don't know what, it was, maybe 35, 40-minute stretch where the Euros just went Winnie the Pooh, pantsless on the 18th green, and just well, Ron. just shut the door. So so who was the first group that came through? The first group that came through was uh, Homa. No. can't remember what the order was. Let's check that real quick. But either way, Hovland was down one to JT and Spieth and drains this like 30, nah, not 35, probably like 20, 25 feet with just perfect pace. On what hole? It was on 18. Oh, yeah. Just if his fist is up three feet before the ball gets yeah. to the hole, it looks like it's even going to stop and then it drops. Oh, in. yeah. It was bar- that barely went in. Yeah. But. So he drops that. They get that match to tie. Rom comes through, has about a forty footer, hits a putt that maybe would have went off the green. Oh yeah, it let the alone back of the cup hops up. Let let alone twelve, fifteen feet past if it doesn't go in. Pops up, goes in. They win that hole. That match gets. That to was a after tie. that he eagled chipped in on six. Chipped in for eagle on sixteen. So two eagles and three holes. I think he, he chipped in at least twice in that match. Yeah, he chipped two, in three days or three times the first day total. Yeah, um, and then you had Homa's group come through. Max Homa, who you, Max Homa, who you could tell was pissed, had like a maybe a 20, 20 footer, hit a great putt, misses just on the high side edge, and then Justin Rose, which seems like he did all week, don't know if he missed yeah, a putt, drains one off. right in the center, ties that match. So you had what could have been three one, 
and you could have been looking at like a five to three match, which is fine after day one. All of a sudden, turns into six, six and a half, half one and a half, which is just so different, and you're immediately yeah. fighting uphill. And that is like as bad as the four zero start was. Flip like mom- yeah. like we momentum talked about was- like momentum in this thing is everything. Yeah. And flipping those matches from three one to oh one and three, yeah, that's huge. Just, I mean, still the U.S. without a full single point. So that was the other thing. It was the first time in the history of the Ryder Cup that a U.S. didn't win a single match the whole day. Um, it's not great. No, what the fuck was up with that NBC score? That scoreboard in the bottom right corner. How awful was that? Yeah, couldn't tell who you, like what match you were on. I'm, I'm like quote-unquote golf Twitter, I think I spent about two hours just laughing at people's yeah. tweets about what the fuck is this yeah. scoreboard. And it was like, there was a number on the left which which represented what hole they were on. Then there was the number in the middle that said, you know, one up, two up, yeah. three up, and then it was just color just for US. Yeah. And then there was the number on the right that was how many holes they were through. What was the number on the left then? That was just the match number, I think. Either way, see, this yeah, is th- it less than a week later, and no, it, yeah, it was just more confusing than it needed to be. And then you get down to like singles, and there's only like four matches on the course, and all of a sudden they're showing like the full board. It like was, Max Homa is one down. It to, was match number on the left side because I remember looking at singles; number. it showed like seven, eight, yeah. nine, ten, eleven, which twelve. Of I all of, that means which all of that? Who gives a shit yeah. what match number? If you if you know who's up. And you know what hole they're through. Who gives a fuck yeah. what match number <laughs> it is? It's like it made no sense. Yeah. Like I, I, I appreciate the fact that they were trying to get a scoreboard on there at all times right. so you could know what was going on. Um, but it, they couldn't make it more confusing. Yeah. And then let, we don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but the broadcast itself was fucking terrible. Like, in these first four matches, or in these first four sessions, two of them, you only have eight balls on the course at once. In the four in the four ball, you have, what, 16 balls on the course. Yeah. And the amount of shots that they missed. Yeah. And the I amount mean, of live, like, the times that, I can't count the number of times where it was, like, a crucial point in the match, and all of a sudden it just flips to playing yeah. through. And you miss a tee shot, or you miss like. I feel like one of the rounds you did. I mean, granted, JT and Spieth were probably down, but you didn't see a single shot from them for like two hours. Like, I get it, they're down, but they're, there's only four matches. Well, that was the, the other thing. I don't know why they, they fall in love with this idea of, all right, we're going to stick with the first two matches until they're done and then go back to the other ones. But then all of a sudden you go back to like Spieth and JT, and it's like, well, what the fuck has happened yeah. at this point? Who's playing good? Who's right. playing bad? You don't see any of the matches. Well, I can answer that it was JT. It wasn't Spieth. Doesn't matter who's watching it. <laughs> yeah, Spieth played terrible that first day. The first day. He played good in singles, but we'll get that there. That was the third day. We'll get there. Um, we already talked about like that one and a half, uh, essentially a three-point swing from winning those three matches yeah. to ties. Up, I mean, teeing off on 18, it looked like, all right, we're going to end this 5-3. Like, that's, right. that's a fine spot to be in. Might yeah. as well be tied at that point. Right. And then going into Saturday, you had the weird um, comment from Kepka. Talking where, where nobody kind of knew what he was talking about, about uh, pounding a board or something. Pounding a board. So they showed something from Rom at the U.S. Open this year or last year, where he was walking into the scoring tent and he like knocked a sign off off of its post. But then Rom, in his 
presser said something like he hit a hit one of the signs coming off of one of the holes going to the back nine or something like that. But kind of a useless comment, but I see where he's I mean he's which, mad he just lost. He's mad he just lost and whatever. Say whatever you want, but you don't get to say that and then come out and just lay an absolute egg. Yeah. Like him and Scotty did on Saturday morning. Yeah, nine and seven. They lose uh Nine and seven, and they shot, I believe, plus six. Jeez. Overall, just never had a chance. Like, they were done. It was like 10, 15 in the morning it, in there, and it was already done. It's the largest mar- margin of victory in any 18-hole match, regardless of format in Ryder Cup history. Damn. And that was Hovland and Ludwig. Yeah, can't do, can't be doing that. Like, I'm fine with the shit-talking. And if, you know, if people are pissed off, they're going to say emotional, stupid shit with, right when they come off the golf course. But you can't do that and then come out and lay an egg. Um, the the uh, Spieth and JT, that round, Spieth just basically in his pocket the last five holes. And J- yeah. JT still got him to 18. So they, they lost two and one. That was kind of the, I mean, at that point, I'm thinking that's the vindication for JT. Like, he's the he only. to be on that team. Yeah, he's the only one that, like outside of Homa that you could, like, tell was playing with passion. That's kind of a separate question that I have, but we'll get into that later. Uh, Homa Homa played with Harmon in the morning, and then he played with uh, Wyndham Clark in the afternoon. So the U.S. finally got their first point in the morning. Yeah, so Homa played with Harmon again, and they, uh, him and and Harmon won that match. Max Homa does a walk-off chip-in on 16. He only needed an up-and-down. But he took his hat off when the ball was three feet from the hole, and Love then it. it and then it went in. Um, I did have some stats on the on the Friday four balls, though. I just thought these these were interesting because you know who's winning, and you know who it looks like is playing bad. But to see like their actual yeah. scores is interesting. Right. So like Hovland and Hatton against Thomas and Spieth, they tied their match. They were both eight under in their four ball. Rom and Hoygaard against Scheffler and Kepka were both ten under. Jeez. McIntyre and Rose, Homa and Clark were both seven under. And all three of those matches tied and they shot the exact same match. And then uh in the loss, McElroy and Fitz, who we said were ten under through ten, they were ten under through fifteen, while Morikawa and Shoffley were only five under. Um What's funny though is like Thomas and Spieth had ten total birdies to Hovland and Hatton's nine. Homer and Clark had 11 total birdies to McIntyre and Rose's 9. Interesting. Just more yeah. bogeys. Right. But what are you going to do when people are rolling in putts like that? I mean, it's fucking crazy. I mean, I think they said Fitz had 70 feet of putts in the first four holes. Yeah. And it annoys the shit out of me that uh, he putts every putt with the, with the stick, yeah, with the stick just, in. Yep. Um couple of like record things overall before we kind of finalize that day and get into what happened on Saturday night but like um so after four ball so going into or four four sums alternate shot going into Saturday afternoon the US in the last three European Ryder Cups are now 3 19 and 2 in alternate shot there we go that trending God, that is just <laughs> brutal. I don't know. 
I, I don't know how you explain that. Like they've been, this is probably the first one since, I don't even know the last time the Europeans would have been favored besides this year. It also doesn't help that I would say half of our players were out of form. And half of theirs were in. Out of form, and then we we found out kind of midweek that half of them were sick. Were they? Apparently there was some kind of flu yeah. going around. I think Ricky had it. Uh, they said, uh, Homa said he found out after the round that Harmon had it. That's why he wasn't mm-hmm. out there on Friday afternoon. They, he said he was going back to sleep. Um, don't know who else had it. Don't know how much affected it. Who the hell knows? But they, they look like they all had the flu, except for maybe Homa. Um like Rom was back to his old self, just out of it, and somehow. But even that, like, yeah, he, he wasn't even. I don't think hitting it that well. He was just making a That's score, what I'm saying. Like, like chipping like, in and, and like, holding obvi- long putts. Obviously, Hovland was lights out. Mm-hmm. Rory was, I think, a little better than I think people thought he was playing. Rory, that was Fitz. Rory was his. That was his best Ryder Cup. Yeah. I mean, he went four and one overall. Um, Fitz, um, shit, even the rookies. Hogard and Ludwig. Hogard played okay. He or, won. Uh, Aberg played okay. I think Hogard played. Holland. I think Hoygaard played better than what people expected. Oh, I think he, kn- sure. he knows that course. He for really sure well. played better than people expected, and he made I think seven or eight birdies in the four ball. He with kept. Rahm. He kept him and Rom in it. Like there was until, a few holes Rom was until out until Rom took yeah. over at the end. Um, U.S. makes a little bit of a comeback on Saturday afternoon. They win the afternoon finally session. Won, finally win a session. Win the afternoon session three and one. There was a hat gate. So yeah. there's a report that came out from Jamie Weir that that Patrick Cantlay was protesting Team USA by not wearing a hat because he wanted he to, get to get paid. paid. Turn, why why, turns why out didn't he wear a hat? Apparently it doesn't He's just got a big head. Yeah. He's just got a big head. I, I knew he didn't wear a hat at the last Ryder Cup. Or the President's Cup. Or the President's Cup. And then there's pictures posted of him not wearing one of the Walker Cup. So apparently it came out that that was just flat out not true. The amount of false reporting at this Ryder Cup was wild. Mm-hmm. Like, I have never seen that in a sporting event. Right. So we'll get to the the false reporting on the Rory thing in a minute. But, like, okay. So they get down. They're down one. Cantley and who's he playing with? More. Um, who did Cantley play with in four ball on Saturday? Was it Morikawa? No. Wasn't Wyndham Clark? Uh, it wasn't Shoffley because Shoffley was sitting. It wasn't JT? It wasn't Spieth? It wasn't Kepka? Who was it? Jesus. About to find out. Hold on. So anyway, they're one down to Rory and Fitz yep. on uh, through fifteen, and then. Cantley decides as he's getting teased, then the entire crowd has their hats off and they're waving it at him. You talking about the afternoon round? Afternoon round on Saturday. Wyndham Clark. It was Wyndham Clark. It was Wyndham Clark. That's right. Okay. So they were two down going into seventeen. Um, no, no, no. They were one down. One down. One down going into seventeen. Right. And they, they, he made birdie on sixteen to tie the hole. No, seventeen. He birdied the last three. Oh, yeah, yeah, So he tied 16 with a birdie. Yep. Made like a 15-footer on 17 for birdie to get it to all square. Let's talk about Rory's chip on that hole. That was that, sick. That, a wide-open 60-degree that but it, flew but it head came high. In so low and then just stopped dead. It was a ridiculous shot. It was kind of, I think for him, it was kind of like a go-for-broke shot like this. You had it. to, yeah. Yeah, and pulled it off. It was ridiculous. Um, 
and then drains like a 35 footer. Well, after he was on the, the only one hole. to hit a good shot going into the green. Right. So he, he's he's on he's on the like he's on the he's on the grass rough. His practice swings looked like he was going to send this ball 100 yards, just a full flop, mm-hmm. and get some grass when it sends it flying. Everyone's like, "What the hell are you doing?" And then he's like, "You know what? I'm just going to make this putt. How about that?" Yeah, love um, the hat gesture. The hat gesture was awesome. Rory and Fitz both miss, so they get Fitz had like a 12 footer too, 15 footer. Yeah, and they get the win. But the bigger story was, I guess, Lacava was walking around it. A, a, a wider view came out later, but basically LaCava was walking around after he fist pumped Cantley and was waving his hat around. And he walked kind of to the middle of the green. And Rory was reading his putt and started walking over, like behind his ball, and like almost walked right into LaCava, who was still kind of there waving yeah. his hat and like just gestured at him and said, Get the fuck out of the way, basically. And then went and read his putt. And then LaCava walked even further towards him, which was a little weird. He was yelling at somebody on the other side of the green. That view didn't come out till later. Right. And then he turned around started walking away and then got into it with Lowry on yep. the side of the green. Um, the video, like, obviously LaCava was fired up because his guy just made a big putt. And by all accounts, Cantley was getting roasted by the fans yeah. all day and he was just trying to give it back to him. But you just can't be in the way as a kid. So before the second view came out, right. it's like, oh, he cheered a little too long. You're... Yeah. You're on a, you're you're in away territory. Like, yeah. go for it until it, until the video showed like where he was like walking up to Rory. It's like, yeah. right, you can't be doing that. Yeah. It, and while he was in the wrong, I still feel like Rory was just a little bit butthurt. I think Rory was like set on going five and zero in this Ryder Cup, and I think he was just a little bit pissed that he lost yeah. that match, and it just kind of stuck with him, and it just snowballed from there. Like, what ultimately what he did wasn't really that bad. Like no, it, it wasn't like bad, it, but he was definitely in the wrong. Like, no, he was. Don't he, interfere he, with a player. Like, you're a sure. caddy at the end he of the day. He shouldn't have done it, but like, he wasn't even a. He wasn't even close to addressing his ball. Yeah, he, he was, was walking just around. Just step the, back off and redo your yeah, routine. Yeah, he was walking around the green. He wasn't even close to his ball yeah. yet. So I think he was just a little bit annoyed that Cantley had just made the putt. I mean, put um, the shoe on the other foot. Same thing would we would do. Yeah, but that's the thing is in his presser he talked about like. You gotta have thick skin in the Ryder Cup, but like that coming from him, who was all butthurt about this situation, like yeah, if you're gonna yeah, don't don't be throwing stones. Back to the reporting about that is like some people said like well, so, right so, after the- so Sunday morning they reported that apparently Lakava texted Rory's people, met up with them, they talked, and they were all good. Yeah, and then they interviewed Rory immediately after his singles match ended. And he's like, no, I haven't talked to Joe. But it was even before that, like right after the round, like it looked like they squashed it. Lakava yeah. went up to him after the match and like mm-hmm. looked like it was fine. Mm-hmm. And then about what, probably a half hour later, there's a video sh- coming out of Rory like refusing to get in his car, yelling at like, someone. He was yelling. It wasn't at, at Bones. He was it was ye- like through Bones. Well, he was yelling at Bones because Bones was the only one there. But I guess the U.S. team room was like directly on the other side of that wall. And uh, so in one of the uh, interviews that Max Homa did, he was like. We knew nothing about this. He's like, until they got off the golf course on on Saturday, they had no idea about this Patrick Cantley protest thing. They were just doing the hats ironically, like, this is funny. I don't know why they're oh. doing this. Like, they thought Cantley was just getting made fun of because he wasn't wearing a hat. Oh. They had no idea. It shows how out of, like, out of it they are, like, out of reality there when they, when they well, go yeah. play. And then he was like, uh, while they were in the team room, one of the like team managers ran in and said, Rory just got in a fight in the parking lot. 
And they're like, with who? And then they were like, they, he they, he was yelling at Bones. And then Max said, like everybody in the team was like, well, let him come up here. Let's beat the f-. like. <laughs> yeah. He was like, it's he's like we're the golfers at that point who aren't going to do anything, but we're fired up at that point. We're I, ready to go fight. I put it in the group chat. Screw singles. It's a just 24 a me- on 24. Just a, me- just a melee. <laughs> at first I said 12 on 12, just the golfers. And he said, you know what? Let the caddies Ma- in. Max said that uh, at one point when Lowry and LaCava were getting into it, he's like, he thought it was going to be like a baseball thing. And we, he's like, I'm just going to. Dugouts rush? Yeah, he was like, I'm just going to have to find somebody to hit. <laughs> Love that. Um, I would have paid. I would have actually paid money for that. Yeah. So they finish it out 3-1, and one, and you kind of got that feeling like, you know what? They have a little bit of momentum. Like it, there's it a slim been, shot. It would have been the biggest comeback by a half point yeah. ever. But there was an opening, and and so they go out for singles. So I'll just give you the order real quick, and then we just kind of talk about the day. So you had Rom and Scheffler right off the bat. Euros come out hard. They only needed th- three points, right? Three and a half, I think. I think they needed three. They were, they were at ten and a half, so they needed. They needed three and a half. They needed four. They needed four. They needed four, four. ten and a half. So they needed four points. Was it four and a half or was it eleven? They were at ten and a half. Ten and a half. Ten okay. and a half, five and a half. So they needed four points to win. So they just front loaded it. Yeah. So they went Rom and then US US went kind of middle of the road, besides Scheffler. So they come out strong with Scheffler, so you get a rematch Rom and Scheffler. Hovland and Morikawa, Rose and Cantley, Rory, Burns, Fitzpatrick, Homa. Hatton, Harmon, Ludwig versus Kepka, Seb Straka versus JT, Hoygaard versus Sheffley, Schaffler, 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 Schaffley, Schaffler. Too many goddamn names. Scheffler, Schaffley, Lowry and Spieth, and then Fleetwood, Fowler, and then closing it out, you had Bob McIntyre and Wyndham Clark. Bobby Mac, baby. So US needed eight and a half points out of those twelve. Um, early in the day, it didn't look good. The the, the Euro the Euros continued their dominance of like the first hole yeah at one point i think they were up in like eight of the matches um yeah but then it started to turn and there you, was a and second you, there you got like this weird for me it was kind of like a two-hour window where i'm sitting there i'm watching on my couch i'm like my hands are shaking i'm there like was, oh my remember, god are they I gonna remember, do there was, this there was five pairings left they yeah. you uh europe needed a half point three u.s were up three mm-hmm. we were only down one in the other two and i was like this is yeah, there's a there's a shot here. Yeah, so Rom and Scheffler, I don't think anybody was ever more than one up, like all day. Like Rom may have gotten two up early, but then because Scheffler had a few short missed putts yeah. early, and then he came back right from the get go. Like I don't think anybody expected Morikawa. Like the way no. Hovland was playing, I don't, I don't know who could have unless Hovland flat out ran out of gas from playing five sessions. Yeah. Like I don't know, if there was anything to do about that. Yeah, so they counted that as a loss. I think the U.S. had to have counted Cantley as a win. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty good match. Rose continued to Just make drain everything, but Cantley ended up finishing him off on I think seventeen. Rory, unless same thing, unless he ran out of gas, he was going to come out fiery yeah. because of what happened Saturday, and he just beat the hell out of Burns. Burns actually played pretty good. Yeah, like Rory was, Rory was seven under through fifteen with no bogeys, and they made it to sixteen with. Um, with, oh no, he lost on fifteen. I think. Where did Burns and Rory? Did they play the sixteenth hole? They did because Rory right. hit yeah. three wood. Yeah, yeah. three wood about what twenty five thirty feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they he made it to sixteen with Rory going seven under through fifteen. So Burns played a lot better as the week went on. 
Then he had Fitz, Fitz and Max Homo, and Max Homo, who at the time was two, two, one, and one, like leading the U.S. charge. Like you had to count that as a win. Yeah. Hatton and Harmon, like Harmon hadn't played his best. He played a good round on Saturday or Friday afternoon, four balls, but like all around, he needed to play well to beat Hatton. Kepka over Ludwig, you had to count as a win. Yeah. And Kepka just destroyed him. I think he beat him four and three. Uh, JT and Straka kind of went back and forth, but JT was up most of the day. Mm-hmm. He ended up finishing him off on 18. Shoffley, I think, won three up over Hoygaard. Spieth and Lowry were kind of back and forth. Spieth was three up through five. I think he was four under through five and had a three up lead. And then Lowry just started being a Euro Coming and making, making putts from everywhere. Um, and then by by chance, if it came down to the last two, you had Fleetwood just playing good all week yep. against Ricky, who hadn't played since the first round. And then you had Bob McIntyre, who, not record, but according to how he has played, was probably the worst European player to that point Yeah, against Wyndham Clark, who played well in one round, but had a real shaky finish in both of those matches. Like... Hit one of the best drives we saw all week on 18, Basically and they completely shanked one almost out of play. Um, so as it as it went, like we saw Raman Scheffler coming down the stretch. Hovland kills Morikawa. Cantley beats Rose. Rory beats Burns. Homa just pulls his nuts out and makes takes a drop on 18 after hitting a blasted second after, shot. After Joe just says, you're going to take a drop here, chip it 10 Head feet, and make it. Make it. Makes the putt, wins his match. Harmon was, I think, three down at a couple of different points. Got it to one on the back nine. And so ultimately, what it ended up happening? So Kepka wins, Shoffley wins, uh, Cantley wins, <laughs> Homa wins. Homa had a putt to lose the Ryder Cup. If Homa at one point, Homa, if, if he, he have that if hole. he missed his putt on eighteen and have the match, yeah. that was the half point yep. they needed. Um, so it came down to, you had Harmon, if everything else held, you had Harmon against Hatton, Spieth against Lowry, Fowler against Fleetwood, and Clark against McIntyre. The U.S. needed to flip, I think, at least two of those four. It might have been three of the four. But Harmon ends up losing, so then it turned into... Spieth, Fowler, and Clark all need to win. Yeah, there's if they, if you, Europe gets a half, it's over. Yeah, Spieth was up, I think, going into 16. 16. Um, Another chip R- in. Ricky was basically down all day, and Clark was basically down all day. Got it to one, one down a couple of times. Uh, ends up finishing Ricky one down to Fleetwood on 16. So if... Fleetwood wins the hole and gets two up. There's your guaranteed half point. The Ryder Cup's over. Ricky fans one into the water on the drivable par four. Fleetwood doesn't back off, doesn't like hit an iron or anything. He hits a driver right into the middle of the green. And then Ricky ends up conceding him a two-foot, eight-inch putt to win the Ryder Cup. You can't do that. I don't care if it's, I don't care if it's eight inches. Make him make the putt. Yeah, I agree. If he, Maybe he miss, Like maybe he makes it. Not to mention that Ricky still would have had two. Make his, I think, seven footer for uh, for par for par. So, 
but still give it a shot man. yeah like to walk away like that, especially when with all the scoreboards out there, like he had to have known. Oh, Tommy knew for sure because as soon as he conceded the putt, he went wild. Mm-hmm. So he knew what it was worth. Also, Bobby McIntyre missed like a foot and a half putt Correct. just before that. Correct. But, I mean, we can put it on Ricky, but ultimately Clark loses his match. Yeah, it was over. Harmon loses his match. And uh, Spieth ended up tying Lowry after it was already over. Again, there was a shot and Euros just took it away. Yeah. Um, Spieth and Lowry, by the way, were minus 13 in their best ball through 15 holes. Spieth ended up winning the last hole to have the match. Shot 63 on Sunday, but it was kind of too, too little too late. I would have guessed 83. Yeah. Like like we said, Hovland was just unreal all day. I think he had a little bit of a letdown on Saturday afternoon. I think him and Ludwig got dusted like 4-3 yeah. and three to Burns and Morikawa, I think. But, I mean... Tita Green, he he was probably the best player on the course all yeah. all three days. Um, uh, Rory, I had a note on Ricky. Like Ricky had to just be sick, but again, just another letdown in Ryder Cup performance. So records on the week. Um. You had Max at three one and one as the best record for the U.S. team. Uh, Cantley was two and two. Harmon was two and two. Uh, JT was one two and one. Kepka was one one and one. But I mean, ultimately, it came down to like five of their biggest stars just laying an egg. So you had uh, Kepka one one and one. You had Morikawa at one and three. Shoffley at one and three. Spieth at o oh, two and two. Scheffler at 0-2-2. Two two. Yeah, like, that's that. your that's your cup right there. Yeah. And then, uh, to like, on the opposite side of that, you had Rahm at 2-0-2, oh Rory at 4-1, Fleetwood at 3-1, Hatton at 3-0-1, oh Hovland at 3-1-1. So, like, the top six... They performed. The top six qualifiers on each team was just... It was no contest. Yep. I don't know if the Euros, like, when they play on their soil, if they just stick rabbit's feet up their asses, but, like... The amount of hold putts and chips all week was just, yeah. just insane. Um, so ultimately, like the U.S.'s top three players, according to like world ranking, were one eight and one. The Euros were seven two and two. Not to mention the captains' picks, which was even worse. So the Euros captains' picks went eight nine and three, while the U.S. captain picks went four twelve and four. Just didn't have form. Not going to get it done. Um, Better luck in 25. Back on home soil. A couple, like, overall records to talk about, like, uh, like in, in these team events in general. Um, Scotty, after a great showing at Whistling Straits, if you just look at the President's Cup last year and the Ryder Cup this year, he's 0-5-3. Which I... And... Couple that with the fact that I think he had one loss and one tie with Burns at the Presidents Cup, and Burns was like statistically by data golf like the best player in yeah. the Presidents Cup. So something with Scott, it may, I don't know if it's a situation where like he cares too much and like puts did, too much pressure on himself, but like he didn't for have a good guy, form coming into it. But yeah, but he did last year, and like how how a guy who can get so up for the biggest tournaments yeah. and been so good the last two years. Like, 
how he can just lay an egg like that is crazy. Um, Max Homa, who might just be the new Captain America, yep. he he is now seven one and one in team events. If you go, he's the, he's the anti Scheffler in these last two yeah. team events. It just seemed like put the light on him. Yeah, it'll shine. It's kind of like, which doesn't make sense because you look at like their major records. Scotty plays better in the majors. Yeah. Homa plays opposite of that. Really hasn't had a good major showing. But watching him in these team events, it's like anytime you have to make a putt or make a shot, He's there. he does it. Like I don't know if he missed a putt inside of ten feet. He like, likes playing for his country. Yeah, it's crazy. Um Cantley obviously had another good week, played well, is now four and in singles in uh the Ryder Cup. Patty Ice. Well, as Spieth with another tie is yeah. still winless in the Ryder Cup. That's... He did get a win at the President's Cup last year, but he is winless. In singles? In singles at the Ryder Cup. That's tough. Yeah, that's rough. Um, and then kind of going into the aftermath of all this, you know, there's the the paid-to-play stuff that people were arguing about. There's uh, some quotes that came out from Kepka from Alan Shipnuck's new book called, I think it's called Live and Let Die. It's like the whole, the past like two years worth of live stuff. Yeah. Um, so I had a couple of questions here. So let's let's go with the uh, let's go with the paid to play stuff first. So it's kind of been widely known. So it, it's pretty clear at this point that he he was not protesting the Ryder Cup by not wearing Correct. a hat. But it's also reported in a lot of places that over the past couple of years, Shoffley, his agents, and Cantley have basically been telling the PGA of America that they should be paid to play in the Ryder Cup. I think Ryder it's been Cup. going on since the 90s. Right. There's always someone who yeah. says they should get paid for the Ryder Cup. Where, it, Granted, who knows where the report comes from, but where I kind of land on this is like, why is why, why does every single thing that they do come down to how can I personally maximize this monetarily for myself welcome to america i like but you're playing for your country like you don't get like in the olympics you don't get really what do you make like 20 grand if you get first place yeah like on on the other side i understand that like they think that like the pga of america is a a non-profit organization that makes a shitload of money from the Ryder cup but the pga of america also supports the dp world tour they get you know they give a ton of money back to charity yeah and they so much money from the pg of america goes to getting like kids into golf yeah. and, and growing for the actual how, game right actually growing the game as opposed to just a fucking talking point so a couple of things i had on this um uh danny rapaport from uh from barstool posted an interview when he played with keegan back in august and keegan had a quote in the video where he's basically like if you're saying uh, $10 million or playing in the Ryder Cup, like, it's no question it's, I'm playing in the Ryder Cup. If you're talking $50 million, then it's a conversation. Yeah. Like, ultimately, that's where I net out. Like, whether you're right or wrong, if it's even a question for you and you, like, and I don't know, like, obviously, I've never talked to Cantley, and maybe he's like, oh, no, I love these events. I'm not going to not play right. in it, but I should get paid. If, it, if it's ever to a point where he's, like, even questioning that, then don't fucking go. Right. Like, you have guys that would literally pay to play in it. 
I don't think they're hurting for money either, so it's why. Like, Especially where, where do you make like $13 million this year? Right, exactly. Um, so this guy, John Nucci, on Twitter, who's like a... Um, he's more of like a legal analyst, but kind of summed up my thoughts perfectly. So he's like, so not, although not all of them, so many athletes seem to lose sight of the big picture a few years after turning pro. Fans are the reason that broadcast deals, ticket sales, merchandise sales, and every other source of revenue that allows pro athletes to make millions of dollars every year. Fans are being financially squeezed from every angle. Everything is more expensive. Rent, mortgages, utilities, groceries, etc. How do you think it plays with the average fan when they hear a golfer won't take three days out of every two years to represent their country because they want to make $11 million instead of $10 million? Is that fan going to save money for a month to take their kid to the tournament? Is that fan going to spend $20 a month on a streaming service to watch the smaller events? Is that fan going to spend $150 on a hoodie in the merch tent that was $65 a couple years ago? The answer to all that is obviously no. Now, this guy says, obviously, I'm not and never will be a professional athlete, but I've been on the other side of it. I watched as a single mother slept on the couch of a one-bedroom apartment so I could have a bedroom. If you told me then that some guys are demanding a couple extra million in transparency on top of tens of millions they are already making to convince them to go play in Italy for a week, I'd say you were insane. I'm not saying the players shouldn't advocate for themselves. They should. However, there's a time and place for everything, and I think I speak for the average fan when I say that the time and place isn't three days out of your 730 you're asking to go play for your country. Which is, like, sums up kind of yeah where the, I feel like the average fan nets out on this. Like, because it, it's a slippery slope, I feel like, on this. Because while I feel like it's fine if they do get paid, or I'm pretty sure they not only donate to the PGA Tour player pensions, but they also donate to a charity of the player's choice. Um, there's a tweet from... I just got to find it. There was a tweet from Brandel Chambly about this who said 20% of the TV revenue from the event goes to the PGA Tour, which they put in their pension. So tour players do, in fact, benefit financially from the Ryder Cup. Cantley should know that, as well as the $200,000 every player receives for the charity of their choice, not to mention the millions of dollars the PGA of America pumps into grassroots initiatives, which Cantley would have benefited from as a junior golfer, as well as scores of millions of others. There's no more important important organization in American golf than the PGA of America. So basically, like, they're not get, getting paid, but they're getting paid. They're not getting paid directly, but... Right. So, yeah, maybe he wants to know where the money's coming from, but, like, do it behind... Like, maybe the report gets out and he has no Maybe that wasn't even said, that. though. The amount of false reporting at the Ryder Cup this year, like... I'm sure it wasn't a topic of discussion in their team room. Be yeah. like, you know what, guys? We should be getting paid. Oh, no. That was the one thing Max Holman said. He's like, it didn't come up yeah. at all the whole week. Um, so and I, I don't think it was a distraction or anything like Again, that. I, I think they reported the first time I was brought up was like in 93 about right. they should be getting paid for the Ryder Cup. Yeah. But it just goes back to like, I, fine. If if they think the PGA of America is, is squeezing money out of them that they're not seeing... That's one thing, but you get down this path of, okay, we're going to pay the players. We're going to give them whatever, $400,000 each. What will ruin the Ryder Cup is if that turns into Patrick Cantlay saying, I should make more than Wyndham Clark. Right. 
I should make JT saying I should make more than Kepka. Yeah. Something like that. Because then you get into like this free agent bullshit. Right. Not to mention that there's six captains picks on every team. And if all of a sudden it's monetarily incentivized, like how does Keegan Bradley then say to Zach Johnson, well, what the fuck? Right. I have a better resume than whatever, than Ricky or JT the yeah. last two years. Why, why don't I get $500,000? I don't see it ever becoming a paid event. Yeah. Well, not to mention, like, we ju- we already talked about how bad the broadcast was, how yeah. many commercials right. there were and shit like that. What do you think happens if they need to squeeze another $24 million right. out of this to pay the it's players? It's all going to trickle down to the fan. Yeah. It gets more, uh, more, expensive more, to go. more, more commercials. Expensive to yeah. more Everything gets more expensive. And the only people that actually get fucked are the people watching yep. it and the people making it what it is. That's in every sport, though. It's not just this one. No, no, it's not. But it's just sad to see. Like you're playing the, for your country, the, you still ba- have money. the best event in golf go that way. Um, what else do we got here? Um, what do you think? So I saw a couple things like the Americans never got off the bus. They came out flat. They don't care as much as the Euros, which I. I can't imagine that's true. I don't think it's a caring. There's part. no way these guys don't care, right? I don't think it's that. It's a lot of half of the U.S. team didn't play for like five weeks. Like, no matter how much you practice, you can't simulate play. True. So, is it as simple as the U.S. team plays a tournament? Is it as simple as they get there a week earlier and? I think they they said play? they were there like a week and a half early. They weren't. No, they all got there basically Sunday Monday. Oh. They went. Well, like, they went like three weeks ago for like a practice trip. Oh, okay. But but it's, it's like they wouldn't take a major like that. They wouldn't take five weeks off before the Masters. I completely agree with that. Um, I don't. And the the part that backs that up is the fact that the U.S. team seemed to get better as the week went yeah. on. Oh, so, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and I think they said the entire European team played two weeks prior in an event over there. They played the uh, the BMW, all twelve of them. Yeah. So I mean. I'm not saying that's going to fix it, but it's definitely yeah. not helping. Yeah. they. I mean, they have to think outside the box. They need to find what they can make work. Like, maybe it's two weeks, or maybe it's right at, like, they're all gassed after the Tour Championship. Like, obviously, they're going to take a week or two off. Yeah. But get all 12 guys together and fucking go somewhere in Florida. Just get the team together and play. Practice with the people you're potentially going to pair with. I think they got to do it in our competition, though. Like, I, I don't think they're simulating that pressure. They're not, but I don't. Uh, I don't think playing in the Fortinet or playing in the BMW Championship simulates that either. I think if nothing, like I don't know, they got to do something different than the Euros, right? Like they can't just try. And, they can't just try and copy what the Euros do to try and duplicate their success because they're not going to have the home crowd. No, but like, like, like I said, look the way they, they prepare for the Masters. They play two weeks prior. They take the week off and they go to Augusta and. I agree. Prepare. I think they're trying to normalize the prep as much as possible. And if you're going to treat it like the biggest event, you need to treat it like the biggest event. Yeah. You got to play. Um, but all the stuff about them not being ready and like trying to figure out what the Euro strategy is. There was a tweet from great Twitter name, but the lock of Gibraltar. Um, not quite sure about this narrative. Was Europe? Oh, this is actually talking to the. The fact that, like, oh, the camaraderie and the teams united oh, and all see, that. that's bullshit, too. He's like, was Europe more united when they got beat like a drum two years ago? Were they more united when they got rocked at Hazeltine? I feel like it, this is just kind of home team dominance happening yeah. over and over again. 
Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I, it's passion I, or team. Like all those guys are buddies. Like yeah, I don't think it's and anything. Homa kind of echoed that. He was like, all these reports about the the team room and stuff are just so false. Yeah, he's like, when we played like shit on the front nine on Friday. The first person we saw going to the back nine was Brooks, who walked with us for three holes and was like, you know, jacking yeah. us up. Um, and he's like, the workout room every morning was like as intense as you could picture. Yeah. He's like, these guys all take it so seriously, and you love to see. Yeah, they they got outplayed. I mean, that's all it is. They really did get outplayed. But what? The, but there has to be an answer to the for the foursomes thing because they basically played even Friday afternoon. Saturday and singles. They essentially played even from there, but the foursomes thing is it's an issue. It's 319 and 2 especially on European soil. I, I don't know what it is, but they they got to figure well, it out. They got to It's above our pay grade. Yeah, they got to start planning for it. Um how do you feel about a third party setting the course up? Um You're already getting home field advantage from the crowd. Now you're getting even more of an advantage by setting the course up differently? I don't think it's the course, though. I don't think... I think it should be different course types. Um, no, I agree with that, but having a third party where, like... So this whole stigma is USA, they're bombers, but they can't find a fairway, so we make our fairways basically... Yeah, but I don't wide. think that was the case this week. I mean, it was Their driving actually was definitely better. It was, but, like, the fairways weren't tight. Like, no, they weren't. It as, wasn't. Like, it wasn't as narrow as it wasn't Paris. like France, and it wasn't like Hazeltine. Yeah. or not Hazeltine, where it was the exact opposite, and the fairways were miles wide. I just think having the home crowd and having the home the course set up in your hand is already Part. a huge advantage. Having the home crowd alone is a good advantage. Yeah, let a like was it PGA of America? Like let the RNA set it up or something. Some sort of third party. I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I would need to see like what the plan is for that. Because then you, you're going to get to a point where, like, the Euros are bitching that, like, when they're on home soil, they didn't get any advantage. The fairways were too wide or something like that. But, I don't know. I feel like part of it, to me, just seems like too many of these guys are just soft and can't play when everyone's right. not rooting for them. It's a problem. But, like, I don't buy for a second that they don't care. Like, when the number one, when the number one player in the world gets beat 9-7 and seven and he's, like, he was crying. got his head in his hands crying, like... They, they, they care. Yeah, I and it's, it's not a, like they the, got outplayed. A lot of our guys were not in form. A lot of their guys were. I mean, at the end of the day, they just got outplayed. Yeah. So it, I saw this from uh, Lou Stagner, who's the golf stat pro on Twitter, and he said the number of fist pumps, how loud you yell when you make a putt, the number of times you hold your hand to your ear, the number of times you scream "Let's go." Whether you do these things or you don't do these things, it does not mean you aren't trying. I guarantee you every single player on both teams wanted to win and was giving it everything they had. Can we stop measuring intensity and desire to win by how, how loud you yell? I am with that, but I also disagree with a portion of that because I think that kind of stuff can lead to momentum. Yeah, and some definitely helps. And some people, I think it actually makes them play better. Yeah, but some people, like, like Scotty, he's not fist pumping during the normal season. Like... Mm-hmm. Again, treat it like every other tournament. Like I understand yeah. it's bigger. Treat it like a major. Like, yeah, I'm the to. opposite. I feel like you have to treat it like the biggest event. And like, yeah, but then you're taking yourself out of your routine. But pit yourself against the crowd. Like, do something yeah. to fire yourself up. Like, I even like I'll take, I'll take what JT does. Like, 
at least, and I know the fact that the fans can tell he's trying doesn't ultimately matter. Yeah. It's just like, you like to see that. And I feel like as just personally, like if I'm a teammate of JT's and I'm a teammate of Kepka's, and I see Kepka like moping around, not fist pumping, not doing anything, and I see JT screaming at the fans and making putts, like that's gonna help me. Yeah. That's like you gotta like send a message to the rest of your team. I just feel like and you can't have every guy do it, but you need a couple of those guys on yeah. the team to And I think they do. Yeah. Well they have Homa now, hopefully, for the next couple. Um what else? They did the uh and these rankings are a little weird, but they did the final final total uh, data golf rankings of all 24 players. Uh, not surprising, it had Hovland as the best player. He was the leading total strokes gained by a full stroke over Rom, and he was negative strokes gained putting, which Damn. is crazy. Uh, Rom was second, then Rory, then Fleetwood, Cantlay, Homa, Hatton, Burns, Rose, Straka. So of the first, like, nine... Only three of them were Americans. Yeah. At the bottom, you had Wyndham Clark, Spieth, McIntyre, JT Morikawa. So JT's for- overall, was, it was his putting. He was like plus six putting. Everything else was pretty close to he the was, Yeah, he was minus 5.2 in putting. He was the worst putting. Stroke, yeah, stroke everything stroke. else was kind of middle. Yeah. But. he. Uh, these are also muddied up a little bit because, one, it's match play. Yeah. So a lot of times you're going, going for, for stuff that yeah. doesn't... Yeah. Not to mention he was dragging the corpse of corpse of Spieth around for three rounds. So take what you will out of that. Um, the the European European fans at one point were singing "We Saw You Cry" on the telly. They were singing that uh-huh. on, during the Sunday <laughs> singles match at Scheffler. So this is from uh, Monday qualifying info on Twitter. He said, "I don't know how many police officers are in a hundred mile radius of Bethpage, but it won't be enough in twenty twenty five. Because it's not going to be, like, cheerful, funny things. It's going to be, I hope your family dies. Yeah, it's going to be. From drunk people at Bethpage. That's going to be a tough one. I'm here for it. Um, This was in Golf Digest from Bob McIntyre. So Bob McIntyre, Fleetwood, Fitzpatrick are all playing in the uh, Alfred Dunhill Lynx championship this week. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, And he had a quote. They were asking about the Ryder Cup, obviously. And he said, right from the first tee shot on Friday, Justin saw I was nervous. I was almost crying walking off the range. I was so nervous. But when we had done all the pre-match pictures and all that, he put his arm around me and said, everything is going to be all right. This will be over in two and a half minutes. It was brilliant. He's so experienced. He was calm. He trusted me. Then And he's like, and then Saturday, I was more solid. I was, ne- I was never out of a hole. I was never making a disaster. I was almost allowing him to be more aggressive. But just that first part about, like, he was so nervous that yeah. he almost cried coming off the range. And then Max Homa, after he made his putt against Fitz in singles, the first thing he said to his caddy when he hugged him was like, did you see my legs shaking? <laughs> he's like, watching it on TV, he's like, I don't know how no one saw my legs shaking. Because he said he couldn't feel his legs geez. when he went to hit that putt. He's like, the first tee was, a, he, he said the first tee was about as bad as he thought it was going to be. He said when he got up there, his left leg went numb. <laughs> But he said that putt was even worse because he's like, it's something you can't really simulate. It's like you dream all the time about having putts to win the tournament, yeah. win a match, all that. 
He's like, but you can't simulate having a putt to lose the Ryder Cup yeah. if you miss it. And he was like, what I channeled was I was so pissed after I missed that putt against Rose on Friday that he's like, just please give me another chance at this. And he's right. like, then when I got up there, I was like, you asked for this, so fucking go make it. Love that. Yeah. Guy's going to be a monster. Yeah. Love that for him. And then a uh, couple only two other things I had on golf this week was uh, I saw this on Twitter. So you talk about Ryder Cup pressure. We've been talking all this stuff about how you play under pressure. Uh, Siwoo Kim and Sung Jae oh, yeah. won the gold medal in the Asian Games and got out of their two-year uh, mandatory yeah. military service. What does your pressure Korea. mean now? Oh, right. I lost the Ryder Cup. Yeah. Um, and then some stuff from the Alan Chipnuck book live and let die is starting to leak out and so this is an excerpt from the book about kepka despite the relaxed setting kepka radiated some heat when reflecting on his career change fuck all those country club kids who talk shit to me he said referring to the likes of justin thomas jordan spieth and others you think i give a fuck what they think you think i care what people say about me i just had three surgeries i'm supposed to turn down 130 million dollars I grew up with nothing. After signing that contract, the first person I called was my mom, and we both cried. So a couple things to that. Kepka's mom then went on Twitter and said the only time me and my son have ever cried was when he was born. <laughs> <laughs> She's just as ruthless as him. Right. And then someone else tweeted, Brooks Kepka references growing up with nothing, but he grew up in West Palm Beach and yeah. attended a private high school, and his uncle played in the MLB and built his own golf course. So whether or not that quote is true or not, like... Who knows anymore? Yeah, exactly. Golf Twitter. But uh, it's just funny that, you know, after all this, like, we it was we what we all thought with Kepka. Like, he had so many surgeries, he didn't know if he was going to be able to I mean, play again. So he took, at that a, point, he took his money. Yeah. If someone offered me $130 million, I'm taking it. <laughs> well, it's not $130 million. No one's going to offer you $130 million. you got to think about, mean? like... You got to think about like in relation to what you make. Yeah, 130 million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of pressure, just one stat that I loved about the Lions: the Lions lead the league in pressures through four four weeks. Yeah. 49, four more pressures than the Eagles. Real chance this weekend to take a stranglehold on the division, get to four and one. Getting Jamo back, it's oh, gonna be God. huge. That guy, gonna be huge. Did you have? Uh, Anything else from the Ryder Cup? What's the the last question I had on the Ryder Cup was, what's your, what's going to be your lasting, lasting image, lasting shot, lasting memory of this Ryder Cup? Homeless putt. Homeless putt against Fitzpatrick. That guy is so good. I think he's I'll so remi- entertaining to watch too. Like it's not just robotic. Like Cantley can get that way sometimes. Like he didn't this yeah. Ryder Cup. Usually, like he makes a putt, he just goes and grabs it and leaves. Right. Like I love seeing the emotion. Yeah. I'll definitely remember his putt. I'll definitely remember. Um, I I can't pick out one shot from it. I'll definitely remember Fitzpatrick's run. I yeah. like the six under through yeah, six holes. Just made every putty looked at. Um, I'll definitely remember Spieth or JT yelling at the crowd after he made like a five footer on like the fourteenth hole or something like that for some reason. But I think the one shot, the one memory, I'll that I'll really stick with me is probably the Fleetwood drive against Ricky after Ricky hit in the water and then um, 
Yeah, just ending the match and Ricky's uh, concession. Yeah, that's bad. I hate Zach Johnson. <laughs> I don't know that it was totally his fault, but he's, it's not the, he's the captain. Yeah, he's got to take the blame yeah. for it. And I heard it was a good quote from, I think it was one of the No Laying Up guys, but it was like, if you're going to fail, at least fail and be interesting. Like, Zach Johnson was like the worst interview yeah. I've ever heard in my life, and any time he was talking, it was yeah. just bad. So... We'll see who the next captain is. If, if it was my pick, I'd save Tiger for the next one in Europe. I don't, or just, I don't think he'll do one in Europe. I or think just do the next two. Let him do yeah, the next two. I think the first one's got to be home. Because if nothing else, like people in Europe love Tiger as much right. as anybody else. Like He's going to get as much respect as right. anybody. Yeah, take some of the crowd out of it. Right. Anyway, that's all I got. Let's, uh, let's get into time to lose some money. Uh, so, to recap... Last week, we both had me and AJ both had kind of middling weeks. He was three and two. I was two and three. He now has a slight lead in the in the pick'em. He is 14, 13, and two. I am 14 and 15 in college plays. Um, so he has uh, five plays. He's got Oklahoma plus five. Bama, minus one and a half. Uh, UCF, Kansas, over 64. ND, Louisville, over 54. And again, his uh, his standard play, USC team total over 48 and a half, or 47 and a half, which missed by a half point last week. Although he won a bet and lost a bet by a half point uh, last week. I went uh, two and three, sticking with my method. I'm going uh, NC State at home against Marshall, minus 6.5, 45% of the bets, 60% of the money. Uh, Eastern Michigan, minus 2.5 against Ball State, 39% of the bets, but 70% of the money. Uh, Bama at A&M, uh, minus 1, uh, 56% of the bets, 87% of the money. Vandy at Florida, plus 18.5, 45% of the bets, 64% of the money. UConn at Rice, plus 9.5. 27% of the bets, 58% of the money. South Alabama at UL Monroe, minus 10. 26% of the bets, 56% of the money. And Arkansas at Ole Miss, plus 11.5. 39% of the bets, 65% of the money. Um, so that those are our college plays. Uh, I did go four and one in the NFL last week, so after a miserable second week, I'm clawing back. I'm nine and thirteen on the week or on the year. I have five plays. I'm going Jacksonville plus five and a half against Buffalo. Buffalo probably played the game of the year, destroying Miami. Jacksonville's playing in London two weeks in a row. I'm guessing they just stayed over there, so they're not going to have the. Maybe they'll get that kind of that homesick feeling, but they're not going to have the jet lag. Um, I'm expecting a touch of a letdown out of Buffalo after a huge win like that. So I'll take the five and a half points in Jacksonville. Uh, I'm going to take Atlanta, minus one and a half against Houston. Houston got a huge win last week, destroyed Pittsburgh. C.J. Strout has not thrown a pick this year as a rookie QB with a hurt O-line. So I'm expecting that to kind of even out at some point. Uh, so I'll take Atlanta. Pitt looks like a disaster right now. Their coach basically called them soft. 
and Baltimore's like not even playing good, and they're three and one. So I'm going to take Baltimore minus four and a half at Pitt. I fully expect to lose that one, um, because those are the games that usually flip as the ones that yeah. n- everybody's going to be on Baltimore and Pitt's going to win the game. Uh, I think the close result against the Jets has skewed this line. I'm going to take KC minus three and a half at Minnesota. Yeah, dump on that. I feel like KC's offense is just going to wake up at some point, and who better than against Minnesota's defense? And uh, and then my dip of the week. Love all three of these, so this is a guaranteed loser. This might be a Dick Rambone situation where I lose all three legs of the dip, but I'm not losing the Lions. Lions to even against the Panthers, so they just got to win outright. I'm taking Miami against the Giants down to minus two and a half. And then the over in the Jags-Bills game in London down to over 38 and a half. That's should be a lock. It's, you know, it's one of those where it's like, oh, yeah, it's easy there's money. no way that one can win and lose and then Dolphins, toast. Dolphins are going to lose to the Giants somehow. Yeah. What do you got? I'm going to take the Lions. Minus money, 10? No, money line. Oh, boy. Okay. With Dolphins minus 12 and a half. So what kind of odds does that get you? Where did I get it at? It was plus 131. Ooh, I like that. I don't think the Giants even stand a chance in that game. The Giants' offensive line is so bad. And they just had another guy get hurt. So if the Dolphins' defense can do anything, it's going to be this week. And then I do like the Chiefs minus 3.5. I feel like, like you said, that's so skewed. Yeah. And like um, we like we talk about with uh, with our buddy Gook, right at those key numbers, buy that half point, get it to minus 3. Odds are you at least get a push. And then I'm going to take the 49ers minus 3.5 versus the Cowboys. I Cowboys haven't showed me anything enough to. No, I definitely don't. I definitely don't trust the Cowboys. I feel like the Niners easily win that game, but it's just the line kind of stinks to me. Like, I the Forty ers I do think, I do think people overbet the Cowboys, so like their lines are always skewed. But like they're due for a couple times a year just to, just to fuck your bets. I don't trust them in the long run. Like if they play in the playoffs and that's the line, I'm dumping on the Niners. Yeah. But, like, this early in the season, the Niners, like, haven't even come close to stumbling yet. They also, I don't think they've reached their full ceiling yet. Yeah. They're going to have CMC a CMC ba- is having it's an just, MVP year. He is. It's just a question of Can they keep are up? they going to have a bad game at some point. But I'm with you. I also hate the Cowboys, so I don't care. I hate the Cowboys. Well, that's all I got. We'll, uh, we'll, get, uh, we'll get the big guy's thoughts on the... His kind of final wrap-up thoughts of the Ryder Cup. Did get he a, end up going? He did not go. Get, we'll get a recap of uh, his Europe trip and uh, keep an eye out on uh, Instagram and Twitter for some content from our outing coming up this Saturday. So And the Lions game. And the Lions game on Sunday. So go Lions and keep it under 100. When you grab all your buds and you about to hit the links When you take out a club and you about to hit a swing What you gon' do? Shit, what you mean? Keep it under, keep it under, under hundred 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 We keep it under, a hundred